discuss a few very serious things that relate to enlargement, understanding the realm of the spirit, and just a quick recap. Um, we discuss how that in our walk with God, we are given the liberty to approach the matters of life and destiny either from the path of the natural man or the path of a spiritual man. And we said that a spiritual man is one who has submitted to the supremacy of the word of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit. These are the factors that turn an individual from a natural man to a spiritual man. Hallelujah. And then we establish the fact that the realm of the spirit according to Hebrews 11 and verse 3 that the things that manifest come from the realm of the spirit and so how that addressing things only from the physical realm is a total waste of time that there is a technology that for everything that manifests physically it must have a parallel from the realm of the spirit failure, success, defeat, speed, delay doesn't matter what it is Hallelujah. And that our authority in this kingdom is empowered from the realm of the spirit. And that the earth itself has its foundation from the realm of the spirit. That the part of the earth that is manifest to us physically here is not the only part that exists. There is a spiritual dimension to the earth. Hallelujah. And so that if we want to experience growth and enlargement, which we establish, by the way, that is consistent with the will of God. We saw scripture after scripture that it is the will of God for us to increase, to enlarge, and to experience the fullness of his life and even the fullness of victory. But we did agree that advancement in this kingdom is knowledge dependent. Ephesians 4.18 says, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. 418, 418. Hallelujah. So in as much as we have access to the life that has been given to us in and through Christ. Ephesians 418. Okay, thank you. The Bible tells us very clearly that this is a kingdom that is knowledge dependent. That means... If you do not have sufficient knowledge, in fact, please look up. It, it is not just knowledge that is needed, it is knowledge enough. There are times that we know, but not enough to command the victory that we desire. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 2, please give it to us. And then we'll get into the teaching this morning. 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 2. I'd like you to read it when you see it projected. Ready? One to read. The key expression, as he ought to know, that means there is a standard. For a student who fails the exam, he does not have to fail all the questions to fail the exam. He only just needs to not pass enough. And even what he passed does not count to the overall. He still failed. Are we together? If you have 10 questions and you get two and fail, eight. You didn't score zero, but you still failed. 
That means if they are to categorize you, the person who did not write the exam and you who failed will still stay at the same place. It is dangerous to know little. He knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. The light in your phone is light, but not light enough to swallow up the darkness in this room. So if this room were in complete darkness and you put on your little phone, we would see that someone has his phone there, but not enough to give us light. You need high-level spiritual illumination. High-level. The stadium kind of spiritual illumination that can turn every darkness to light. May that be your portion. In the name of Jesus Christ. And we began to look at the factors yesterday that are responsible for enlargement and increase, having established the fact that increase is God's will for us in Christ. The first we said was the seeing eye and the hearing ear. Please do well to get the teaching if you were not here yesterday. The seeing eye and the hearing ear. Hallelujah. It matters that we see well. In Genesis chapter 13, when you read from verse 14 to 17, the Bible says in, verse, in chapter 12 that God called Abraham from Ur of the Chaldeans to lead him to a place of destiny, a land that he would show him, and there were blessings that were connected to his obedience. Are we, are we together? Yes. And the Bible says that Lot, on hearing, that Abraham now had a covenant with God. The Bible says Lot went with him. Now re realize that God did not call Lot. God called Abraham. But Lot said, I will go with the one who is called. And by the time we get to chapter 13, they were so blessed and increased, we did not even know who was called and who followed again. Because they had, listen carefully. Thirteen and verse 14. The Bible says that they got to a place where there was such increase, such abundance, and there was trouble now between the men of Abraham and the men of Lot. And Abraham said, listen, we be brethren, let there be no strife. He said, choose wherever you see that you prefer go. If you go this way, I will go that way. If you go that way, I will go this way. Lord should have been afraid. What is on you that makes every direction bless you? That's the question Lord should ask Abraham. And the Bible says, watch this now. I'm just showing you the power of the seeing eye and the hearing ear. The Bible says, Lot looked towards Sodom. That was where his eyes took him to. And he settled near Sodom. The next time we'll hear about Lot, he was crying for help in the midst of Sodom. Are we together? Hmm. Now, when Lot separated himself, the Lord said unto Abraham, after that Lot separated from him, Lift up now, not your feet, not your hands, 
the first thing that must be lifted up for your destiny to be lifted up is your eyes. Even when your feet cannot lift, even when your hands cannot lift, let your eyes. He said, from where thou art, not where you need to be. It's all right where you are, but lift up your eyes from the place that thou art, northwards, southwards, eastwards, and westwards. Verse 15. For all the land which thou seest, not all the land that is available, the land which thou seest, to thee I will give it all the businesses which thou seest, all the opportunities which thou seest, all the realms and the dimensions which thou seest. Listen, your portion is not what is available. Your portion is what you see. All the land which thou seest. This is a prophetic word for someone. There are many things available, but the one which thou, the realm in the spirit, the realm of the anointing, the realm of grace, the realm of excellence in ministry, which thou seest. The prayer life and dimension which thou seest. The level of excellence in the word which thou seest. Crying for what is available is not a wise spiritual approach. You cry for what you see. That is the assignment of revelation. To make you see what God is saying. Because faith is predicated upon your ability to see what God is saying. Hallelujah. So, when you see, then you'll be able to make giant strides consistent with that which you have seen. Let me show you one scripture and then we'll jump into our discussion for the night. In Numbers chapter 13, the extended reading is 1 to 33, but we'll read the first three verses, then we'll jump to verse 33, just to establish this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Uh-huh. He says, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I will give unto the children of Israel, of every of their tribe, of the tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, everyone a ruler among them. Verse 3. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. Are we together? Now, go please to verse... Okay, let's see 25. Let's start from 25. 25, just to get the perspective. They returned from searching the land. Remember the promise that God was going to give it to them? 26 now. A quick reading. And they went and came to Moses and Aaron and all the children of the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. They brought bad word to them and they showed them the fruit of the land. Next verse. And they told them and said, We came unto the land whither... Let me use this. 
Whither thou sendest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the seaside. No land is empty. We're coming there. Caleb, oh dear. Watch this now. Caleb still the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are able to overcome it. Last three verses. But the men that went up said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report. What's it called? An evil. Any report that downplays God's ability is an evil report. They brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people we saw 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 not all the people there all the people we saw are men of great stature let's read 33 together now 33 1 2 read and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which come out of the giants and we were in our own hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on we were not in God's sight not in Satan's sight We were in our own sight as grasshoppers. This was the conclusion of our vision that we were like grasshoppers before them. No matter the only kind of prayer you can pray for this kind of a person is the prayer of mercy. Because this one is already defeated. We were in our own sight. Hallelujah. A man was going into a land for the first time. And when he stepped into that land, he met a farmer. The farmer was farming. And he said, um, gentleman, good afternoon. The farmer replied, good afternoon, sir. He said, I hear that this land is a wicked land with all kinds of evil things. Is that true? And the farmer kept quiet and said, you are right. And the man walked through. A few hours later, another happy, vibrant man came and said, good afternoon, sir. And the farmer said, good afternoon. And he said, I hear this land is a beautiful place with all kinds of opportunities. The farmer kept quiet for a few minutes and said, you are right. And the man went in. So for every one of them that came with their perceptions, the farmer said, you are right. It is the assignment of vision to select what is consistent with what God has said. 
in the same land where there was killing and destruction, there was still prosperity and increase. Your vision is an editor. It can edit away that which is inconsistent with the word of God and create a picture for you that equals victory. The seeing eye and the hearing ear. That was a recap of yesterday. Let's get into today's teaching. The warfare dimension of enlargement. Hmm. Light of the world, you step down to, into darkness. Will you open my eyes? Let me see. That's my prayer, Lord. You're the light of the world. You step down into darkness. Open my eyes. Let me see. Can you repeat that part? Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Let me see. Two more times. Let it be a prayer. Open my eyes. Let me see. One more time. Open my eyes. Let me see. Amen to that prayer. In the name of Jesus. Luke chapter 8 from verse 22. Jesus. It is true that God gives us territories. Physical territories. Spiritual territories. Financial territories. But the Bible is very clear as to the fact that there are no empty territories. So I am teaching you the spiritual technology that dislodges every enemy that is occupying your territory and grants you access to possess that which is yours. Are we together? Even the hearts of men was not empty when Jesus came to die. He needed the hearts of men. But the hearts of men were already full of evil. There was something he did to dislodge darkness and bring in light. Even God was exempted from what I'm teaching you right now. War is not a negative, um, it's not generally an evil concept. War is simply a strategy that establishes dominion. Every time there is a contention over dominion, we see that there is war. And the idea of war here does not just mean carrying guns and killing. Are we together? One of the strangest scriptures in the Bible is, and there was war in heaven. You would think a place with so much dexterity should never have any reason for contention. It says there was war. The Bible is not afraid to let us know that there was war in heaven. So let's read Luke chapter 8 and verse 22. Follow very carefully. I'll read 22 to 25. Then somewhere along the line will continue. The warfare dimension of enlargement. Now it came to pass on a certain day 
that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them, let us go over to the other side of the lake and they launch forth. Keep that scripture there. The Bible tells us the basis that it was their instinct and their desire to advance. This is Jesus making a profound statement. Thank God for the lands we have conquered, but let us go over to the other side. Are we together now? So understand the basis. This story is founded upon this knowledge. Their desire to go over to the other side. The Bible says, and they launched forth. Next verse. But as they sailed, he fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. A storm of wind with Jesus, the son of the living God, the very incarnate of the father, desiring to go to the other side. And the Bible, you thought, where were the angels? Where were the ministering spirits? We're talking about the Son of God desiring to go to the other side. And the Bible says, there came down a storm of wind. Next verse. Let's hurry up. And as they came to him, they awoke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging water and they ceased and there was calm. Now listen very carefully. The Bible is saying that Jesus was leading the people to the other side. There are many things that will not happen to you simply because you are not interested in going to the other side. There are many people who are free of challenges it is not because you are free. It is because you are not moving. There are certain challenges that are report cards. They are systems of attestation that you are in motion. If they did not desire to go to the other side, there would be no need for them to experience a storm of wind. It is not unusual to have challenges. Challenges many times reveal to you and confirm to you that you are on the path to destiny. It is not always that you are on the wrong path. Now listen carefully. Did you know that when they encountered this storm of wind, the same energy it would take to go back was the same energy it would take to continue. They were confronted by a storm of wind. Now listen. A storm is made up of two things. Number one, wind. Number two, water. Hmm. Are we together? The wind is the invisible part of the storm. And the water is the visible part. But they all work together to create that storm. When Jesus got up and he discerned that there was a storm, the Bible says the first thing he did was to rebuke the wind because the water was under the influence of the wind. The, the, the wind you could not see was what was making the water 
boisterous. Now listen carefully. You have to understand the formation of storms. There is always an invisible part to a storm. And that is the part that powers the visible part. There is always an invisible part to the job issue. There is always an invisible part to the health issue. There is always an invisible part. The Bible says the first thing Jesus did He's teaching us how to rebuke storms. That every time you discern a storm, don't focus on the water. The water is only acting based on what the wind is making it do. The financial situation is only acting based on the wind, the spirit that powers it. And the Bible says Jesus rebuked the wind. When he rebuked the wind, then he rebuked the water. And the Bible says, they of them, the wind and the water ceased and there was calm. Now, the next verse, please. He said unto them, where is your faith? And they being afraid, one that saying to one another, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the water obey him. The winds and the water obey him. The winds and the water obey him. Are we together? 26. Be patient with me. I'm building something. 26. The next verse now. And they arrived. Hallelujah. Regardless the wind, they arrived. That is a powerful statement there. And they arrived. And they hmm. they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. The Bible uses a very interesting term, they arrived. You would think that were the end of the story. They arrived. 27. Ladies and gentlemen, let me show you what happens when you arrive. <laughs> and when he went forth to the land, there met him a man out of a certain city which had devils a long time. I thought they arrived. Listen. Haven't gone through the storm of wind. The Bible even testifies that I arrived. I made it. And then the next person to welcome me is a man full of devils, no clothes, no house, living in tombs. Is that how you greet somebody who arrived well? Where would I be if you left me? Where would I be? Where would I be if you left me? Now, watch this. Please do not miss what I'm teaching you. Open the eyes of your spirit. 
Let's go back to the story again and understand what the Bible is dealing with. Let us go over to the other side. Remember? Let us advance and enlarge and make progress. And then they get into the boat. And then they meet this mysterious storm of wind. Jesus rebukes the wind. Rebukes the water. There's calm. And the Bible says they arrived. And the first person to welcome them was a madman who had been there a long time. Verse 28. Let's rush now. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice. And he said, Jesus, son of God most high, I beseech thee, torment me not. 28. For he had commanded, and Jesus cried out, Okay, 29 now. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. You notice that every time Jesus is dealing with issues, he starts from the spirit. If it's the storm, he started from the wind. If it's this man, now it was the spirit. He says, for oft times it had caught him and he was kept bound in chains and fetters. He broke the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness 30 and Jesus asked him saying what is thy name and he said legion because many devils were entered into him and they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep and there was there a herd of many swine on the mountain and they besought him that he would permit them to enter into them and he permitted them Watch this. <laughs> then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake. Notice the first people to suffer as a result of the authority of Jesus was the business people in that land. It meant that they were excelling because of their fraternity with a spirit. The moment something started happening to the spirit, some people's businesses started going down. That means their businesses were thriving. The devils went out of the man and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it to the city and into the country. Be patient. Then they went out to see what was done and they came to Jesus and they found the man out of whom the devils were departed sitting at the feet of Jesus clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. 36. They also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. We're reading to 40. 37 now. Then the whole multitude of the country of the gatherings round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear. And he went up into the ship and returned back again. Listen. So what did he do? He said, let us go over to the other side. Went through all that labor. 
met a madman, healed the madman, entered the sheep, and returned back. Does that make any sense, Jesus? What are you teaching us here? Next verse, let's finish up. Now the man whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to thy own house and show how great things God had done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. The last verse now. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him for they were all waiting for him. Listen. Now that you've read the story, let me explain to you. So Jesus begins his mission and says, let us go over to the other side. Are we still together? And as soon as they began, just help those under the anointing. As soon as he began the journey, the Bible says he met a storm of wind. He rebuked the wind, calmed the, 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 the water, and they arrived. And then he meets this man. Do you know that was the only man Jesus went to the other side to meet? All that labor to meet one man. So that man represented the other side. That was Jesus' idea of the other side. To meet a madman. Taught that madman and said, I'm done. Now that you are free. And the Bible says that single man. One of the synoptic accounts will say that he published it across a Decapolis. Ten cities. That means there is a relationship between the storm, the spirit, the madman, and the deliverance of ten cities. So what you called wind was the same spirit that was in the man. And because that man's destiny was the destiny of a deliverer, in the mind of Jesus, that man was equal to the city. And he was worth the entire journey. The entire journey. Please listen to me. Listen to me. So there are men who are equal nations. There are men who are equal nations. The same energy God would give in ministering to a thousand people, five thousand, ten thousand, he invests that energy. He risked his life and the life of the disciples only to go and meet a madman. My question is, couldn't he speak from where he was and said, madman, demons go. Why did he go through that journey? Met the madman. Please listen. His desire was to save ten cities. But he discovered that the destiny of the ten cities were captured in one man. That he did not even need to do any crusade. Now, the demons knowing before time, they searched for the person who had the mantle of deliverance over that city and they bound him. Listen carefully. That man's oppression was not normal. It was in his prophetic destiny to be an evangelist and to save 10 cities. And the demons intentionally bound that man. 
as soon as that man, for as long as he was bound, the Decapolis was bound. For as long as he was bound, is it possible that there are nations that are under siege because individuals are under siege? Listen, I want to teach you something very powerful and I want you to pay attention. How can a nation be bound in spite of the fact that Jesus is there? But one man. You see that the demons did not waste their time attacking everybody. No. Could it be that the attack in your life is revealing something? Why did the devil leave everyone in your family? Help them please. That out of 10 people in a family. So this is what has followed your destiny. Why is it different with me? Why is it that others get a job? And when it is now my turn. Uh -uh. Hear me. Please listen to me. If you do not understand what I'm teaching you, there are many mad men you see today, not mad in physically mad. There are many people in trouble today. Their trouble is not because they did any wrong, any wrong themselves. They have entered situations because the realm of the spirit has seen the end time role that they have to play in God's program. And so there is a, a launching of all kinds of attacks on them and their families. I'm speaking prophetically to you. I want you to listen. You see, there was a man who was born blind and they came to Jesus and said, who sinned? It is not always a sin problem. This is what I'm trying to point out to you. Who sinned that this man was born blind? Was it him or his father? And Jesus said, neither, but that the glory of the Lord should be revealed. It is not always a sin problem. Do you know why this is powerful? So that when you see people going through storms, you don't sit down and conclude that it's because they do not have faith. <clears throat> when you see the madman in Gadara, you do not even know that your own salvation in that city is tied to his destiny. Hallelujah. Please hear me. There are some of you right now, please help this lady. I just saw oil being poured on her head. Listen to me. I came this morning to raise warriors. There are people who must know how to walk in the established victory that is in Christ. Let us go over to the next business. Let us go over to raise our children. Let us go over to liberate this family from poverty and decadence. And the realm of the spirit responds to it. Things begin to happen in your life that you cannot understand. Are we together now? And then they get to the other side and look at Jesus. When Jesus saved the one person in his mind, the city was saved. He said, let's return. 
that means it is possible for God to come to South Africa because of just three people. And men of God, this is not a minister's conference, but let me give you a loving word of caution. Even if God gave you three members, find out which three are those members. Because you can look at only three members and say, I need more. Not knowing that one member is equal to a whole region in South Africa. When the mother of Jacob and Isaac, I mean uh, Jacob and um, Esau, they said they were two nations, not two men. There are men that are not men, oh. There are men that are territories. They are systems. They are nations in themselves. Some of you here, you may not know why God seems to be meticulous in his training to you. Your family members can be careless with their lives. He will spare them. But for you, it is because there is a mantle. There is an unction. There is much that depends on your life. There are challenges that never happen to you except and unless you are going somewhere. Please sit down. Sit down. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. First Corinthians 16 and verse 9. Please read with me everybody. One, two, read. For a great door and effectual is open unto me and there are there are few you see I told you yesterday there are certain doors that God does not open because the person who needs to pass through that door is no longer a businessman the person who needs to pass through that door is no longer a preacher you have to be a warrior to pass through that door that door once you enter it is not for business again it's not for preaching again you must master the art of warfare commanding victory there's such an anointing in this place. Help those women. Those two women. Please hear me. It says a great door. Every time you see a great door, don't just rejoice. A great door of business. A great door of ministry, a great door of opportunity, along with it are many adversaries. Nobody has to hate you since you are not doing anything. Nobody needs to talk about you since you are not making any mark. It's not because you are nice, it is because you are not impactful enough. You must be trained. To know how champions retain territories. Are we together now? Now watch this. 
when it was time for Jesus himself to purchase back the hearts of men even though he was the king of kings and the lord of lords let me show you what he went through are you ready Jesus himself is at the last supper with the disciples and then they drink of the cup they eat of the bread and your Jesus is led to Gethsemane the Bible says when he got there he cried and cried and said father if it be thy will I want to make progress my mission is to see that the entire world is saved but let me show you the path of champions that many of you do not see what you see is the glitz and the glamour but I am showing you the pathway that leads to glory there is no throne without a cross Jesus Christ he prayed three times take this cup off me nevertheless if it be thy will not my will but your will be done you thought the father would say I'm so touched alright no more death he still continued the savior of the world watch this the first fatal thing that happened to him was a betrayal from his treasurer this morning thing again a kiss that should be a sign of love and intimacy was used as a weapon of destruction it is not only evil Satan uses to destroy he can use good things managing the pain of being betrayed by someone you invested your resources to which is a sign of your trust and Judas looked at him but you ate in my conference yes do you know the pain and then the same people who came for his conferences were putting a crown of thorn on his head but I saw you you ate of that five loaf that's none of my business you are going to die was taken before Pontius Pilate he had the power to speak and yet he remained silent he was whipped 40 stripes save one I'm showing you how champions become this is a sign you may not want to hear if you are talking of enlargement please listen carefully so that at the end of it you will know whether it's a journey worth taking And then, that 33 year old man, you know that he was hung without clothes. The covering there that you see in movies is just because there are people of all age ranges watching. There was no cloth there. Imagine the man who raised the dead. Imagine the man who fed many, now becoming an object of mockery. Many people would have said, I knew he used divination. God had caught him now. Be careful when you conclude on people's journeys. Listen, the only thing you owe people going through storms is your prayer. Don't speak in ignorance because you do not even know what season they are going through. This is intelligence, South Africa. Can you hear me? Do not conclude that just because negative things are happening to people, it means God is not with them. No. Remember, it is not always a sin problem. Sometimes it's a destiny journey. Jesus. 
and they gave him this huge cross. Many of you are medical practitioners. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And at this point, this man was bleeding every part of his body from head to toe. I do not know the kind of excruciating pain. Pain spiritually, pain emotionally, pain spiritually, pain physically. And he carried that cross. Watch this now. As he journeyed on that cross, he looked at the woman with the issue of blood watching him. But I healed you. And she was not even there to help him. He looked at Jarius, but I raised your son. He said, still go. Crucify him. And among the many who were pointing their hands, he looked at the woman. He looked at the man. He looked at all the people, the tax collectors. And they said, let his blood be on. They were speaking nonsense. Jesus was on his way to Golgotha, ladies and gentlemen. And he was so weak, the Bible did not hide his pain. With tears and blood, he fell. He himself could not even arrive at the cross. Jesus. Because at that point, the Holy Spirit was not with him again. The Holy Ghost had left him at Gethsemane. He couldn't die, not with the Holy Spirit in him. Because the Holy Spirit represented the life of God. He had to leave him. That's why he came back after three days. Now, this was Jesus the man. Watch this now. I want to show you the price to win this territory called your heart. So that the next time you want more, you need to understand that more takes stamina. Hallelujah. And a man called Simon of Cyrene was instructed to come and take the cross. I don't have the time to teach you, but prophetically, Simon of Cyrene was Africa. Listen carefully. Simon of Cyrene was a black man. That was the only continent that said, I will help you, Jesus. Now, I love every other continent, but listen, everybody rejected him. And one continent said, can I help you to get to the cross? I may not be able to die for the sins of the world, but let me help you. That is the reason why that helper is still the continent that will partake of the glory. For if you partook of the sufferings of Christ, you must partake of the glory that follows. It is the reason why this is the season of Africa. Because we were the continent that identified with Jesus in his death. Now watch this. When Jesus got to that cross, you would think the people nailing him haven't seen him bleed. They would say, listen, just leave this man. He would die anyway. He had to die on the cross to be a cause. If he had died on the ground, his mission would be aborted because he needed to die on the cross. Because it is written, Cost is he that hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, to the end that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. That's what the Bible says. So they nailed him, and he was in pain. To make matters worse, there were two foolish thieves by his left and right. 
you don't want people speaking nonsense when you are in pain. And the other guy who was a thief, he now began to speak. Why are you here? I thought you were a miracle worker. Shame on you. You can't even help us. And the other guy said, you better keep quiet. We are thieves. We were caught stealing. This man is innocent. And he said, this day you will be with me in paradise. Watch this. Jesus Christ himself hanging on that cross, he cried, Eloi, Eloi, Lamak Sabachthani, Father, you have forsaken me, you have turned away from me. The Father looked at Jesus, and even the Father, as compassionate as he is, did not allow Jesus to be relieved of that pain, of that journey and that warfare. And then, the Bible tells us that he gave up the ghost. Life died. The king of glory died. You would think that was the end of it. Watch this. Now, Paul is given a picture of what happened after this realm. And the Bible says, because you see, when sinners die, they do not go to heaven. So since Jesus died as sin, he couldn't have gone to the Father. The Bible says he went to Hades, the place of the dead. Paul was shown this in his Pauline epistle. Are we together? And when he went there, he went in the strength of a man. He did not go assisted by the Holy Ghost. No. He went in the strength of man, just like Adam. And the Bible says the cohorts of hell were forcing him to bow. What is it about bowing? Bowing means acknowledging authority. To acknowledge Satan's authority. And the Bible says that when the legal claims of justice was made, because he said he shall see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. Is that in your Bible? The moment the price was paid, your Bible, my Bible says, he made a public show of them, triumphing over them. Now watch this. When he shook off the demons and the cohorts of darkness, he went to Lucifer himself, who collected the keys from Adam, and he said, give me the keys. It's in your Bible. When he collected the keys, he said, I am he that was dead and now is alive. Revelations 1. And I have the keys. Then Apostle Peter now brought another dimension. He went to Hades, the place of the dead. And the Bible said he preached the gospel to the departed saints who were there awaiting this redemption. They died in faith, but they never had the opportunity to make that declaration. And when they believed him, he opened the prison gates and said, let's go. It's in your Bible. Now watch this. I can imagine the whole land quiet, women crying, others laughing, others mocking. Shame on Jesus. You wasted three years of our passion. We thought you were the one who would dethrone Herod, Caesar to become king. And then one morning, the Bible says, there was a noise, an angel came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. And the king of glory, your king of glory, watch this. You would think when he was done with Satan, that was the end of it. Now it was time to return to the earth, Psalm 24. 
but the gates refuse to open. Those gates and doors you see because Jesus was about to do something on earth that had never been done. Watch this. When someone leaves the earth, someone in the earth has to call him back. Are we together? That is the law. It has to be a human who calls someone from the realm of the spirit back. When Lazarus died, remember? It took Jesus the man. It took Ezekiel the man to call back life into the bones. Now, who was calling Jesus that he was returning back? So the gate said, no, we are not opening. There is nobody on earth who is calling you. That's why they ask the question, who is this king of glory? He said, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted ancient doors that the king of glory may come in. Now, listen, please. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. This is an issue of ownership because Psalms 24 verse 1 starts by saying the earth is the Lord. The fullness. So it's, an, it's a contention for space and ownership. Watch this. Please listen. I don't want you to miss this. The gates said we only open at the command of someone who is in the earth who calls because that was how God created it. But now there is no man in the earth who is calling your name. And there was a response to those gates. He said, this man is the Lord strong and mighty. Then he says, the Lord mighty in battle. Mighty in battle. And the gates opened. And he triumphed. He walked back into his domain. Because if you are really the owner, if it is yours, you should have the power to go out and come in. Every other king who claimed land, when he went out, he could not come in. But here is this other king, the king of glory. He went out of the earth of his own volition and returned back. When he returned back, he was alive by the spirit. Now watch this. When he resurrected, now he could be ascended to heaven so that that coronation service would now happen to him. The Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Are we together now? The Bible says that a name was given to him. That name means an office. This is how he got the name. The name was his all the while. But now it was his without man. It's like you being a professor. But because you are a professor alone. You will strip yourself and go back to the elementary school and start again. But this time around, you do not want the PhD for you alone. You want the PhD together with everybody you love. So that the day they give you a PhD, they see a PhD appearing in every other person's name. That's what Jesus did. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. If Jesus himself was not exempted from battles, that's the point I'm driving. 
I'm showing you all the things you thought. Is it that Jesus did not pray? Is it that Jesus did not fast? Is it that Jesus did not submit to mentorship? What was his sin that he went through these battles? It was not about a sin problem. It was about a destiny problem. I wish I can tell you that there is no warfare dimension to your destiny. I wish I can tell you that just when you want and if you can think correctly, you will suddenly stumble into wealth and abundance and anointing and glory and influence. But I would be lying to you. There is a price. The price for where you are going. Listen carefully. The price for where you are going is greater than the price you paid for where you are. It is the reason why many people begin to run a marathon when they shoot the gun. Sometimes they are up to 50. Some already know they will not finish. But you find a few people just running, maintaining that tempo. And after hours and hours of running, they are still moving. And at the end, just one person reaches the finish line. And he's done. Let me tell you this. Ask your man of God the storms that he has had to go through in his own life as a testament. I can tell you stories upon stories that will make you cry. This man standing before you is a testament of blood dripping on the altar. Make no mistakes about it. This is a sermon that many people in church, they do not like to hear this. It's why we claim many things that never happen. Because not everything in the spirit is a gift. There are realms that are rewards. There are rewards for enduring. It says that he that endures to the end will receive a crown and a white stone. Hallelujah. Read about Abraham. Do you know what it meant to be barren for 25 years? Then on top of that, your maid now has a child. And then on top of that, your child is born. And when he's 12 years, God says, go and kill him. Not let him be killed. You kill him. The Bible says he got up early. You would think that the buried, the 25-year barrenness problem would be the last challenge Abraham would ever have. No. Abraham, look at the trouble that came with Lot. Look at all the troubles that happened. How about the young man Joseph? What wrong did the young man do? He just went to bed like you did and had a dream. I saw the sun. I saw the moon. I saw 11 stars bowing to me. And the first trouble in his life came from his brothers. They threw him in a well. I wondered what he was saying in that well. Lord, what am I doing here? I love you. When you love the Lord and yet you are in a well, I will tell you what to do shortly. I hope this message is blessing you. There are some cups you don't pray to pass over you. You only pray for grace to drink it. But if it is to sit down, 
Remember the disciples were trying to lobby politically for a position on Jesus' left and right? And the mother came, you know, women came and said, look, my sons are here. Would you consider them? Jesus said, the space is available, but here's the condition. Can you drink of my cup and be baptized with my baptism? All the disciples who said, I will go with you, go and find out what happened to them. Peter, who was in a rush to say, no, I, I won't deny you indeed. This thing called destiny and this thing called enlargement is not a Pentecostal issue. It's not just an issue of saying, yes, I will go. It's wonderful. But I need you to really understand. It's the reason why so many people profess it sincerely and yet never come there. It's not because God is unjust. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the world of men. And if you do not build stamina or capacity, there are many doors that God will keep closed to help you as an act of his love for you. Because he has vetted you and said, listen, I can't bring this burden on this person. You can't go through it. When they brought Joseph out of the well, I'm sure Joseph will say, this is the end of it. Thank you, Jesus. It's over. Only for him to know that he's been sold for 30 shekels. My brother selling me, okay, fine. He now goes to the house of Potiphar and then God begins to bless him. The Bible strangely tells a prosperous man, favored of God. I'm sure he was comfortable. Things were already working out now. And then here comes this woman. Are we together? Yes. She comes to him. What was his sin? He was handsome. What if what is good in your life becomes the reason for your pain? His dream took him to the well. His looks put him to the prison. Just because I am a handsome man, when has beauty become a sin? And the wife came. And listen carefully. They had every evidence against Joseph, not every evidence is evidence. Because clearly her cloth was with him. How could you deny now? And he took Joseph to the prison. Now listen carefully. The prison is where both good and bad people meet. Don't conclude on anybody you see in the prison. The moment you find people in a prison, be careful. Because the prison is the launching pad. Read your Bible for glory. Whether you are Paul and Silas. Whether you are Jesus yourself. Are we together? Whether you are Joseph. After the prison. The moment you see anyone in the prison. Start celebrating. Listen. What I'm teaching you for many of you. You will not need this message now. It's after two years from now. You will look for this tape in a hurry and listen to it one night and say, now I understand. You don't need light in the day. You only need light in the night. Now, please listen carefully. Joseph is in the prison together with other people. If they told you, who is the person in the prison? is all these criminals. But there was somebody who was a king there. He was about to be literally the possessor of the entire Egypt. 
was there. And when the time was full, he had endured. Do you know the test he went through in prison? The test of joy, the test of relevance, the test of value, that he never counted God unfaithful. He saw two people, his own contemporaries, sad. And he said, your countenance, what's wrong? And he began to interpret the dreams. And then the king called one. And he said, please, when you go to the king, advocate my innocence. And the guy said, don't worry. I have your back covered. He thought it would be after 24 hours. They'll say, suddenly, you are innocent. Come out. Two days became two weeks, became two months, became two years. How could I be so close to victory? And one man's carelessness adds two more years. The guy forgot. But did he really forget? No. Prophecy was playing out. When it was time for him to come out of the prison, listen, you do not know why God kept him in that prison. Let me tell you one of the reasons why God kept Joseph in that prison. He did not keep him there. He hid him there. The kind of glory Joseph had, they would have killed him before the day of his rising. What looks like a negative thing? Moses, when you find yourself being abandoned in Egypt, you are hidden. You did not miss your path. There are many times God uses negative circumstances. God does not cause evil. But there are many times he can use it as a tool if he finds room to birth his glory. He can hide you in the midst of circumstances that distract you from exposing yourself too early so that you can last until the time prophecy is ready to release you, to announce you. Are we together? And the king had a dream and the heavens were shot over the wise men and the sorcerers and the necromancers. And the wine presser said, I remember my wrong this day. There was a young man. And the Bible says the king sent for Joseph. And they brought him out of his dungeon. That night, if he had known that would be his last night in prison. That by the next day he would be a prime minister. Do you know if the man remembered to tell Pharaoh about Joseph. They would have brought Joseph out and he would have gone back to Potiphar's house. They would have said, all right, sorry for everything. Compensate him. No labor for two weeks. After that, he can continue. We know that he was in the prison two years plus the years he spent before his encounter with the wine presser. We don't know how long that was, but he remained there. There are mountains, there are challenges that sometimes can last. Listen to me. You must obtain the staying power. The staying power. One time, I was praying for a couple. This is a true story. They were trusting God for the fruit of the womb. And please sit down. When I was praying for them and the Lord opened my eyes. And I saw three children running around. True story. Running around and playing and then the next time they entered a car, all of them as a family, and they were going somewhere and they had a ghastly motor accident and I saw that everybody died. And then I came back to myself. I said, how many children do you have? He said, we don't have any children. 
You've never had children? Yes. I said, okay. How long have you been married? Maybe eight, nine years thereabout. Never. At best, I've had miscarriages. Then I understood the vision. I said, what you call delay was God preserving a kind of pain from you. Listen, beloved people, there are many times in your life that your pain is your gift. This is a difficult message to understand. But pain can be a gift. If you get to heaven today and you are looking for Jesus, there are many ways to know him. If you use the crown alone, there are many elders who have crowns. Tell everyone to lift their hands. There is a scar that only Jesus has. What was an object of shame yesterday is now the symbol of his glory and royalty. There are times that warriors will be summoned and called and your scar will be the only reason to be allowed to pass through certain doors. If you have not gone through certain things, even when they call for employment on certain offices, they say we need certain experience. You must, have you had an experience with A, B, C? Then they say you can go. Joseph came out of that prison not with the plans of remaining. I'm sure he was out to just interpret and go back. And when he spoke to the king, in a moment, Genesis 40, Genesis 41, he was exalted in one day. One day. He said, I am Pharaoh. And it is only in the throne that I am above you. But as far as administration over Egypt is concerned, it will be at your word. And immediately he had the opportunity to marry the daughter of Potiphar, the priest of On. And he was given great possessions. I wonder what happened the day the exalted Joseph saw Potiphar's wife. Hello, madam, how are you? Hello, sir. What you meant for me for evil? It was a journey. He told his brothers. Listen. Before you start your journey to greatness, there is a scripture that you must keep at the back of your mind. For we know that all things, not some things, for we know that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and are the called according to his purposes. I'm not a chef. But many of you cook. There are ingredients that you do not want to taste before you put in the food. It is very inconveniencing. When you are peeling your onion, sometimes tears will come out of your eyes. That is the price you have to pay for being so close to it. Are we together? Watch how you make a lovely meal. Sometimes you add sugar. Sometimes you add this. Sometimes you add that. And you already know what you are trying to combine. Sometimes you have to leave certain ingredients under fire for a long time. There are others who don't need that much fire. Then you add this, then you add this, then you add this, then you add this, 
Then you close the pot. Then you open it again. And what you have, when you put it on a beautiful tray and you serve, when people taste it, they say, my God, what is this? But find out how it was made. There are other things, chicken and the rest, you have to marinate for hours. Is that true? And live there. Lonely path. All things work together. He didn't say all good things. All tears. All pain. They work together. For the good of them that love the Lord. And those who are the called according to his purposes. For many years in ministry, I had the resources to buy a vehicle, but the Lord would not allow me to buy a vehicle. I was... I cannot tell you how many times the Lord made me empty my accounts and I did things that did not make sense. There was a time my account was hacked and quite some serious money was taken out of it. I went to the bank to meet with the managers and all the people there. Now, I was a righteous man by the grace of God and I loved the Lord. I sat there at the meeting and the people, look, you have all the people who stay close to you, they must write a statement, you know, police and all of that. And I said, no, these people are sincere. Say, well, that's none of our business. We are doing our work. And I sat down there in the midst of all of that you can't imagine how the millions I had lost. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, son, what are you doing here? In the middle of a meeting. I said, I mean, my money, they just use these guys just. And the Lord said, who owns it? And I said, you are the one I'm a steward. Listen, 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 listen. And he said, if it, if it is true that you've given me everything, get up from that meeting and walk away. God is my witness. I looked at them and I said, all right, thank you for everything. Let the money go. No, 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 no. This is our reputation. I said, listen, this is my money. I have chosen to forget about everything. And that's it. When I walked out of that bank, there was a joy that I could not explain. There are some things you cannot understand until you are in certain situations. That joy. You would think that would be the end of it. Many years ago, it was in the seminary. I was diagnosed of a very strange fungal infection. It started eating up my head. It was a very serious situation. I thought it was just a little, maybe some issue that antibiotics and the rest will solve the problem. But it metamorphosed into something very serious. I got to a point where they could not allow me sit in front because it was inconveniencing people. No matter how early I came for a program, I would have to go to the back. Now, the students love me, sincere people, but there was a time I had to wait 
while people are at the dining hall, I would have to wait. After food is shared, my portion will be brought for me. They prepared a solution that I would have to rub on my head in the morning and then soap or something in the night. If I forgot to put it one day, it will show. Sometimes there will not be water and I would have to stand in the rain. Look, let me tell you the truth. Don't claim titles, so I am apostle, I am prophet. Let your scars. He said, let no man trouble me. Hallelujah. I remember the pain and the discomfort. One time they, I went to the lab and they had to take some sample. It was so painful to culture it. Where would I be if you left me now? Where would I be You waited, you waited, you waited. God gave an instruction to go for a crusade. We were just starting. We prayed and we fasted and fasted and fasted. We now went for the crusade, anointed but broke. You would think excelling in one area will cover for the deficiency of another area. Are we together? Preach the gospel with power. There were not many people who were gathered, sincerely speaking. That was the first disappointment, but I was happy at least we were starting. Not more than 50 people. People look at me today and say, Apostle, there is a grace upon you that does this and that. Let me tell you how it came. People don't just listen to you. No. You see, we're opening up these cars for you so that you will know when people honor people, it's not human worship. They are not honoring just the human vessel. They are honoring a man who is a compendium of victory, sacrifice, endurance. Hallelujah. Do you know when we got there, the money to pay for the hotel, to pay for the sound, I asked the sound people to come. It was on credit. Imagine you are a sound man and I'm a preacher shouting the faithfulness of God on a crusade ground. Preaching that God can do everything. There are times you have to preach the truth even if your life does not yet have the results. Because you are, you are bound, listen, you are bound by a covenant to be truthful to God's people. Regardless your experience, you must stand for that truth. I'm showing you a price. It's a serious price. I was done preaching. When the crusade was over, everybody was happy. There were bills and bills. There was no way. They didn't have anybody that you can call and say, help me. The sound people said, listen, we came here and 
I had to plead with them, look for someone who got some amount to give them, and I promised them, just give me a little time. You can imagine, how do you, I mean, on one hand, you are celebrating healings and miracles, but on a, where is the God who raised somebody, the, a blind eye opened? How much is the bill that he cannot pay? So when we sing today that God is faithful, for me, it's not a special number. There are many stories that make that song come alive. Let me show you from where the anointing flows. The anointing flows through the allowance that your scars have created. Are we together? I remember one time the sound people were sad, they were angry, and they are threatened that, listen, this thing was going to become a police case. I was not a criminal. It was the gospel I was preaching. The apostle you celebrate today by the grace of God. I'm telling you some of the stories. Immediately after that tragedy, God helped us, we paid, and the next year God said, go for a crusade again. And sometimes God will act as if he is not aware, as if he's not aware of everything that happened to you. You failed in a business and you went to complain and say, Lord, I just lost a million dollars, two million dollars. And he says, that's all right. Next week, start again. God for you. He talks to men like he's talking to himself. Hallelujah. But after that time and that season, God opened me up to a realm of glory and grace. I told you for many years, God would not allow me to buy a car. What is it about a car? Oh God, at least to help my mobility. The day I instruct you, I will never forget people who come and meet me with the seed of a car and I'll say, Lord, is this it? And you say, pray for them bless them and let them go back with it. What a man of God. But the day God began to bless me and to open up doors for me, I'm not saying this to brag, I hope you are learning. I began to see levels of the anointing and levels of grace and the Lord spoke to me and said, because you survived this, all these things and glorified me in it, I will give you the keys of nations. The keys of territories. Listen, there are positions you don't get politically. No. You are enthroned by his grace. And when God puts you there, the nations know. And listen, you are given authority to lift others too. One time, before the Lord would break me into the realm of wealth and abundance, I was praying. Maybe you've heard me share it. Minding my business, interceding for myself and God's people. Suddenly my eyes is open from my room and I see this creature looking like a dinosaur. Giant eyes. One of the eyeballs was like the human head. Two of that. Having a tail that could be detached from itself. And it was looking at me with fierce anger. And he says, so you think you can bring God's people into abundance. I had seen the spirit 
that sits over the finances of people. This is not the issue of business or buying and selling. When I speak over your life and your finances change, let me tell you where the anointing came from. It didn't just come from claiming. It came from deep spiritual encounters. So, when, when it's time to pray and release mantles and graces, you would do it because of God, but you will also have a bit of respect and regard for the vessels. Are we together now? Not everybody fakes power, my people. Let me tell you the truth. There are people who have met God genuinely. They have a covenant with God and God has chosen to honor them for their name, for his namesake. And he has done all of that for the sake of his people. Now please hear me. There are spirits that follow men. There are spirits that follow offices. There are spirits that follow mantles. There are spirits that follow programs. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. We're about to pray now. We're now really talking about warfare. There are spirits that follow men. Once you are in Christ, once you are a human being, the devil has a chance over you and he will try to do everything. That is their jurisdiction. But there are spirits that follow offices. That means the day you find your place in destiny, the operation of those spirits are activated. They don't follow you as an individual. They don't care your name. They are just interested in the office that you occupy. There are spirits that follow mantles. You see, they don't follow men. They follow mantles. So when a mantle comes upon you, you have to understand how to deal with those spirits. I said it yesterday. Now, there are sides to the understanding of things like deliverance and warfare that may not be scriptural. But there are sides that is very, very scriptural. And if you do not understand this in this end time, you'll be in trouble. I need to say this so we pray. Hallelujah. When Jesus went to pray and fast, Satan left everything on earth and was fasting with Jesus too. As soon as Jesus was done fasting, the first person he saw was Satan. There are some fasts that don't drive him away. There are some fasts that bring him. Who is this person? Who is this? What kind of prayer and consecration is this? Listen, you would think that Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, full of the Word, full of prayer, Satan would come and be shaking under the anointing. And there is Satan standing. As soon as Jesus is done, he now looks at him and says, Alright, I've been waiting. You are hungry. Don't deny it. You are hungry. Turn this stone to bread. And he said, it is written. Then the Bible says that he took him to a holy city and said, fall down for it is written. He shall keep his angels charge over you. They will bear thee up on their wings lest you dash your feet against a stone. Then the Bible says he took him into helper, please. Helper. He took him into an exceeding high mountain. Hallelujah. 
and showed him the glories of the world in a moment of time and said, bow to me and I will give you because it was given to him. He said, get the hands. And Satan left him for a season. That's what your Bible says. The next time Satan would come to him, he did not come to him directly again. He came to him through the compassion of Peter. Peter began to talk, prohibiting him from dying. And he looked and said, get thee behind me, Satan. It's still you. Even though speaking through a compassionate man. And he said, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. That when thou art converted, strengthen your brethren. The next time he would come, he came through a man who was already a victim of greed. His treasurer. You've heard me say it. That God is still looking for treasurers. His last treasurer disappointed him. That space is still vacant. So when you say you want to be his treasurer, it would take more than financial understanding for him to give you that position. Because the last one had financial intelligence. The problem was his heart. So the training of a treasurer starts from the heart. Listen. When Elijah showed up carrying the mantle, the spirit of the Antichrist activated Jezebel. Are we together? Under the reign of Jezebel, the prophets of Baal excelled and the prophets of God suffered. It was time for Elijah to deal with it and said, listen, let's go to Mount Carmel. Let's settle this once and for all. If Baal be God, then let him be served. If God be God, let him be served. Say warfare. When they went to Mount Carmel, he said, I will start with you. Call upon your God and do everything you know to do. And they called from morning till night. Nothing happened. And he said, get, get away now. Let it be my turn. When it was time for the evening sacrifice, the Bible says he rebuilt the altar, placed the sacrifice, poured water upon it, and called upon the God of heaven. And fire came from heaven, licked everything. And they ran, they chased the prophets of Baal, killed every one of them. If you are Samson, because you are a warrior and you are a deliverer, there is a spirit that is activated in Delilah. It's the spirit of seduction. The assignment of seduction is to use your need to distract you. Listen carefully. Seduction is not seduction until it thrives on something you really want, legitimately. The operation of Delilah is not lust. The operation of Delilah is not immorality. The operation of Delilah is using a need that you have to distract you. That's what happened to Samson. Every day she would come to Samson and say, what is the secret of your strength? Then he would tell her something else. Then she would try it. You would think that Samson, after two or three times, he should say, you are an evil lady. It was not about the physical person. Something was happening in the realm of the spirit. As soon as the hair of Samson was caught, the first thing that happened was they plucked his eyes. Hallelujah. When Elijah returned back, in John the Baptist, Jezebel returned back in Herodias. And they caught John. John became angry, offended at Jesus, 
to the point that he died a very cheap death as a birthday gift. Listen very carefully. If you are the apostles of the Lamb, then get ready for the government. That is what will fight you. For the apostles of the Lamb, it was not women or business people. It was the government. So when you say, I am an apostle or a prophet over the territory, don't just laugh. Master the art of surviving the assaults of government. There are many people who just enter territories and say, God has sent me here. Congratulations. Do you know the spirit that fights the apostles and the prophets? If you are a businessman, listen carefully. It is still the manifestation of Jezebel. Go and read Revelations 18, Revelations 19. That she goddess that rides upon the horse. It was because of her fornication with the kings of the earth that they have worked valiantly through their merchandise with her. Why am I teaching you the concept of warfare? Because you need to understand that your call, your mantle, and your stand for Jesus Christ has an implication in the realm of the spirit. And the devil will do all within his power. South Africa, please hear me. There are controlling powers. This is not our subject. Otherwise, I would have taught you in details the, the administration, the organogram, and how nations come under siege. Nations do not come under siege just through policies. Hallelujah. The secret of surviving warfare, listen carefully, is to understand the art of prayer and intercession. If you do not understand the mystery of priesthood, there are certain heights that you cannot attain unto. Hallelujah. There are many levels and cadres when it has to do with the prayer ministry. There are people that the Bible calls watchmen. There are people that the Bible intercessors. They all have their roles. I have set watchmen. He said, I will stand upon my watch and I will set myself upon the tower that I will see what you will say to me. There is a level in prayer where when you rise to, by reason of your rising in the spirit, God can trust you with what is happening to nations so that you can see and stop or allow. At that, listen, at that point you have become a gatekeeper in the spirit. Hallelujah. When it was time to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, God had to come and seek the cooperation of Abraham. Is that in your Bible? He said, shall I hide these things from Abraham? There are people God does not hide things from. When God wants to do something over South Africa, he comes to them and says, this is what I want to do. And they can say, Lord, if you do this, you will destroy both the innocent and the guilty. So I stand by reason of my office and I plead for your mercy to hang on. Please listen to me. Not everyone is a preacher. There are people who have become watchers over territories. They have become the eyes of God, supervising the progress of his work and his program across territories. Can I tell you the truth? When God wants to honor you, you will encounter Jesus. But you must encounter those graces to rise in that territory. Ignore them out of pride, you will suffer for nothing. It's true. 
It's an honor God has given them. We're talking about enlargement. There are people if you ignore in South Africa as far as the program of God is concerned, you will be born again but you will suffer in a way that will surprise you. Because God has exalted them and placed an unction upon them. They have become carriers of keys that open up territories. And that includes government. Is someone learning? Warfare. When God wants to help you, he shortens the distance between you and these men. So that your access to them would come in a hurry. Oh, Saul, you will keep roaming around till the day you meet this mysterious personality called Samuel. A man whose word does not fall to the ground. What kind of a man is that? Abraham, even though there's prophecy upon you, you will keep wasting your time till you meet Melchizedek, the king of Salem. These men you see have become systems. They are not just men. They are flesh and blood. But certain covenants have elevated them to a position in the spirit. Recognized by heaven and recognized by hell. Because they have survived certain things. Please listen. Listen. Now, I'm not talking about a false sense of human worship and some of these things. No, this is not what we advocate. But let me tell you the truth. I will be lying to you. If I tell you all men are the same, we are equal in Christ. The same Lord is rich unto all. But the sacrifices, the depths that people have explored in the realm of the spirit and the treasures they have found in doing business with God in deep waters has elevated them to a position where they have held keys. Keys that open and close the gates of nations. Let me tell you this. When God makes you a gatekeeper, the nations will know. It's not something you announce and say, I am, all, all that is nonsense. They can swing wide the gates of men's destinies, heater and teeter, and the heavens will open. There is a, do not miss tonight. I want to show you, tonight we are looking at the prophetic dimension. There are deep things I'm going to show you. But hear me, brothers and sisters. Let me give you three keys very quickly and we'll wrap up. Three keys that help you to be able to war a good warfare as far as your destiny is concerned. I will not explain them, I will just list them. Number one, discernment. The first key you will need in the art of warfare is discernment the ability to perceive spirits the ability to interpret the writings on the wall so that you do not call good evil and call evil good there are many many things that carries the semblance of evil but they are actually sent for your blessing so you are not praying and binding things that are consistent with where God is taking you to you need discernment there are many many prayers that if they are to be answered, you will not rise. So God, as an act of his mercy, just allows you just to keep exploring your knowledge there while he remains consistent with his program for you. You would have called the lion's den a negative place for Daniel. 
you would have called the fire a negative place for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The second key that helps you to survive warfare as far as destiny is concerned is joy. Listen, joy is a deep mystery in the spirit. Joy is not happiness. Uh -uh. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy is a revelation. He says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. One of the ways that you know that a season is about to be open for you is joy. There is a baptism of joy. There is no physical evidence that should warrant that kind of joy. But your spirit has picked something. Listen, for many of you, you are in that season right now. There is nothing physical as it were. But your spirit man has gotten something. Gotten something. Ah, lay hold on it. Lay hold on it. Don't lose it for anything. Doesn't matter what is happening. Because that joy is your strength. two every time you are in negative seasons listen don't start praying and binding and casting foolishly no I'm not saying that as an insult you need to discern this writing on the wall it looks like evil but Lord speak to me everything that carries a semblance of evil we pray and bind it no 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 no. You will delay your rising. Discernment. And then joy. Joy. Lord, I do not understand what is happening. I just lost my job. But joy, 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 joy. Joy. Joy like a river. So you are laughing. And they say, how about the rents? Do you have it now? I don't have it, but something, the Spirit of God is welling up joy. Sometimes you need to lock your door and dance alone. And rejoice alone. And dance alone. It may not make sense. Hallelujah. The Bible says, why do the hidden rage and the people imagine a vain thing? That the kings of the earth set themselves against the Lord and his anointed. And the Bible says God will look from heaven and laugh. Before he now administers judgment. Listen. We do not reap with joy. We reap in joy. That means your food is in the kitchen. You will have to enter the kitchen to get the food. If there is no joy for you, there is no harvest. Lose anything, but not your joy. Mm -mm. Key number three, we have to pray. The third key, are you ready now? The third key that you need is the power of prophetic intercession. Ah, yes, sir. The spirit of prayer must come on someone today. Not just, not, listen, help them, please. Help them, please. I release that grace upon you. I release that grace. Take that grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, I release that grace. Take that grace. Take that grace. 
the art of the altar the ability to hold on to the horns of the altar take that grace receive it as a mantle in the name of Jesus the ability to pray the program of God not just give me tea and give me bread no controlling the gates of destinies in the place of prayer power with God I stretch my hands take that grace in the name of Jesus Christ take that grace help this man take that grace take that grace stretch my hands towards you take that grace receive that grace let it come upon you like the dew of Hammon in the mighty name of Jesus Christ help them please I'm releasing it again the mantle of prophetic prayer the art of the altar take it take it now take it now take it now take it now receive that grace begin to pray in the spirit in one minute can I pray for you I don't know this man but there is a grace that is coming upon you I stretch my hands upon you may that mantle come upon you in the mighty name of Jesus you will wax valiantly says the spirit of God valiantly you will do mighty things for him in the name of Jesus Christ listen listen please listen we're about to round up can I tell you this those who do not know how to pray the program of God for their lives and for nations will only allow these spirits prevail and keep aborting destinies There is a grace for prophetic intercession. It's not a mechanical thing, no. Where are the intercessors in South Africa? I decree and declare, at the count of three, any one of you called into the office of a watcher and an intercessor, may this mantle activate that office. At the count of three, one two three take that grace now take that grace now take that heaven take that grace now take that grace now i quicken the spirit of the watcher i quicken the spirit of the intercessor arise over south africa pray the program of god stay the power of darkness Open your mouth and begin to pray in one minute. The program of God in South Africa, the program of God over your destiny is at the mercy of your understanding the art of priesthood, the mysteries of the altar. This is where we control the climate over territories. 
triumphant entry a new season of enlargement of increase over the program of God over the purposes of God over the destinies of men Hallelujah. Please hear me. South Africa, hear me. Listen to me. I submit to you by the spirit of grace that if the altar of prayer suffers in your land, the program of God will also suffer. It does not matter what goes right. If prayer goes wrong, everything will go wrong. In the book of Daniel, Daniel was not a prayer warrior. Daniel was a politician. But there was an angle of an intercessor and a watcher. The spirits of the Medes and the Persians governed the land of Babylon. And a parliament had to pass a bill to stop prayer for 30 days. Let it not be that under your watch, South Africa goes down spiritually. Let it not be that under your watch, South Africa goes down financially, goes down as far as the program of God is concerned. Please hear me. Please hear me. Please hear me. In one minute, my time is up. You are going to declare over your destiny the two lift gates of my destiny. Ephata, be open for the new season. Go ahead and pray. The two lift gates. I part you hither and thither. It's time for a new season. Man of God, pray for your ministry. Pray for the program of God. It's time for enlargement. Open up. Be open. Financial doors. Be open. Ministerial doors be open. Greater exploits, virgin dimensions, virgin territories. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Who is this man? Yes. Are you a pastor? Where? Because I'm not seeing you in Nigeria. I'm seeing you in Europe. Where? Huh? I'm seeing that you are black skin. But why am I seeing Europe on your head? I, I have European citizenship. I live in Europe. Oh, you live in Europe? Yes. You came from there? Or yes. you are South Africa? I, li I live in Europe. And I have my house, my business, my church in Europe. That's all right. I want to yes. pray for you. Listen, this conference was for you. Huh? Because even though you are in ministry, the anointing is going to come upon your business. And honestly, what God will do through your life will surprise you. Can I pray for you? Lift your hands. You have a business in Europe. That's what I'm saying. Father, you have granted us the grace to open up destinies. I speak to you by this apostolic and prophetic mantle. Receive that grace. Let your business be open now. Take that fire. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, let it be the beginning of a new season. In the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, go back and walk signs and wonders. Go back and experience the favor of systems, favors of structures. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We have to close now. But let me encourage you. Please, whatever it takes for you to be here early and to open up your spirit will set this place on fire tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that tonight there are mantles that have been looking for people. And those graces will finally find you. In the name of Jesus, who is the son of the living God. But as for now, I declare you are blessed. The grace to have discernment even in these seasons, receive it right now. The grace to remain in joy until victory is established, I release upon you. And the grace to pray through, to pray consistently, may that grace be released upon you. In the mighty name of Jesus, give Jesus a big hand clap.